Hi, I'm Demi Harvey. I am a host and digital editor for Indie 1023, and I am here with Daniel Ponder. Hey, girl. Hey. How are you? I am so good. Good. You know, just doing so much better now that I've heard you perform. You've woken me up. Really good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Oh. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is your first time in the performance studio. Yes, it's beautiful. I ah. love it. We're glad to have you. We did play a song for you earlier on the Steinway. Mm-hmm, Very mm-hmm. special performance from Danielle Ponder on our Steinway. Mm-hmm. Stripped down, beautiful, lovely. Thank you. But this is not your first time in Denver. I actually saw you in Globe Hall, like maybe yes. a month ago. Yes. Yeah. So oh, how's man. it been back on the road? You know, we just started. Um, I had like five days off, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And just five days, just five days. <laughs> I got to see my mom and dad. <laughs> and we're back with Marcus Mumford. We had a show in Boulder and a show in Denver last night. An amazing audience, really just so receptive. And that Glow Paw show actually a month ago was probably very one intimate. of the it was intimate. It was mm-hmm. a really important show for me because it was the first time I played a headlining show outside of New York State. Was it really? Yes, girl. Wow. Why and Denver? I don't know. My booking agent booked us in Denver. I think because we had did the tour before with St. Paul. Yeah. So it was just like, what markets have we hit as openers? Mm-hmm. Um, so we cast it out to see if anybody was going to come. And it was a great crowd. And mm-hmm. it was one of the best shows that I've had. Yeah. It yeah. was uh, just seeing you live as well, because that was my first time seeing you perform mm-hmm. live. And you asked the audience if anyone had seen you perform with St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah. And there were quite a, pe- a few people there yeah. from that audience. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, you're one hilarious Thank when you were on the stage you that's are that's all i want people to know about me is i'm funny <laughs> that's the best funny. compliment you were so funny honestly <laughs> stand up comedian stand up comedian <laughs> that's your second route of your uh it's one i sing but i also will go and do a performance and yeah. make you laugh it's so great <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah how do you harness that confidence to be so personable with your audiences You know, honestly, I've been performing for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been performing for over 15 years. So I feel like I'm in my living room. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I probably shouldn't have said that because I get so comfortable. (laughs) Um, But I love it so much. I love the people so much. And I wouldn't, you know, there's no other place I'd rather be than on stage with the mic in front of a crowd. It just, they give me so much energy Um, And so it's easy for me to let go and just kind of flow with things. Well, speaking of singing for 15 years, which is amazing, you can hear it in your voice. Mm. It's so well-trained. But you first started singing with your family, right? Yeah, I was in a band called Black August. It was our family band. Mm -hmm. And um, we started when I was, I want to say maybe 20 years old, we started Black August. And we performed around. First, we started in a basement performing for our uh, moms and dads, our parents. Mm -hmm. And then we started performing around our town. And, yeah, I performed with them up until, I think, 2008. 
Wow. Yeah. And then was, do you think that your sound has evolved or changed since then? Like, oh, have yeah. you found other influences yeah. that yeah. you're like, this feels more like me now? Yeah, dramatically different. Um, I was in another band after that called Filthy Funk. And then I had a band called Danielle Ponder and the Tomorrow People. And now this project is just Danielle Ponder. And I think I finally have created the exact sound that I want, which has a smorgasbord of influences from Portishead to Nina Simone to Pink Floyd to Aretha Franklin. Um, Just really all of the sounds that have shaped me in the past few years. Mm -hmm. And I also heard that I have a funny story. So I'm classically trained in opera and mm. I'm now a new host on indie and it's taken me forever to get classically used to hearing. Classically trained in opera. I Just know. drop that real quick. <clears throat> don't ask me to. I soon. mean, we're... your girl don't do cool that anymore. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it took me forever to get used to hearing my voice. And I hear mm. that you had the same issue I as did. well. Yeah. So how did you overcome that? You know, when I was singing live, I always sang in my voice. But when I recorded, as soon as that red light came on, I felt like I had to make my voice sound different. I wanted it to sound cuter. Like it, you know, everyone was listening to like R&B singers and I had this old gospel sounding voice Mm -hmm. and people would actually pick on me about it. And so I had an insecurity about it and it took me years to really embrace that on the recorded material to say, actually, this sounds kind of cool to have this kind of vintage voice, but on top of fresher, newer sounds. So, yeah, it took me a moment. And now I'm just like kind of falling in love with my my voice. I love that. I love that you didn't feel any of those external critics so that you changed your voice in any kind of way because yeah, yeah you sound so beautiful and it makes you. your voice so uniquely you so thank you so much i'm glad that you embraced it My poor heart, can you forgive me? 
figure this love thing out I always give more than I got Then I give less than I want Oh no Oh no Well they say you got to go through it To get through it Well let me cry my tears I will take my and loving him If I ain't loving me that's for sure Not for sure Well sometimes a broken heart it's the only way out Well sometimes a broken heart it's the only way I know sometimes in my poor heart it's the only way out it's the only way Okay, we have to talk about the fact that you were a public defender before you got like into yeah. music ser- seriously. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> How? Yeah. I was. Um, you know, music has just always been like a part of my life. I never thought it was going to be my full time job. Mm. I just thought, oh, this is something fun I do. It's like a side hustle. Mm-hmm. So I was always focused on school. And then I went to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I practiced as a public defender. Um, and I did not know I would take this path until about 20, maybe 2016, where I was like, ooh, every weekend we're playing, and in our hometown we're selling out shows, and then Mm -hmm. we were going to Europe, and we were doing very well over there, and it was like, ooh, something's got to give. I can't do both. It was getting to to the point where I couldn't do both, and music is my first love, it's the thing I, I'm most passionate about, so I had to make that choice to leave. But I'm also very passionate about criminal justice issues and reform, um, and I hope that through this path, I can still lend a voice to that movement. I was actually going to ask, so have you found any similarities to your background in being a public defender and being in the music industry now, has there been anything that's been helpful that you've learned from both of those industries? Um, Well, I guess there's two things. One quickly is the ability to be strategic about what I do. Mm. Um, I think you, you get that from law school. You think you get that from being a lawyer is trying to understand strategy and what's the best choices to make. And I think I enter music meetings with that mindset and probably ask more questions than they were expecting. (laughs) Um, But the second thing is, I think both being a public defender and being a musician involved the art of storytelling, telling Mm -hmm. stories in a way that um, uh, your audience feels it Mm -hmm. and your audience feels empathy for whatever the, the, um, the person, whoever the person in your story is, because as a public defender, you know, an opening statement, is can be just like a song, mm-hmm. right? 
you got a hook. I always had hooks in my opening statement. Yes. The most popular hook we ever heard in a opening state in a closing was uh, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. That's a whole that's a whole hook right there, right? Somebody could have turned that into a song. That's a whole album right there. <laughs> right. So <laughs> when Johnny Cochran did that, he's doing what we do with music. We're yeah. giving something that people can walk away with, remember, that stays in their head. But the other thing we're doing is taking an experience that you haven't had, but in a way showing you that you could have been there. This could have happened to you, right? Yeah. And I think that elicits compassion from people. Um, and when I get on stage and I sing about my broken heart, you know, I want to sing it in a way where the audience is like, damn, I remember when that happened to me. Mm. So to me, there's this, a line that connects the two of storytelling and empathy. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get into that because you have a debut brand new album that's yeah. out right now. Some of us are brave. And oh, my gosh, just the listen through the first time, you can just feel mm. that your soul is out in this album. Mm. So how does it feel to have this out in the world and have people listening to it and critiquing it? And I love it. Yeah? It's so exciting. It is exciting. You know, it feels so good to put your heart into something, to work so hard on it. And I had a great team working with me, Avis, um, who's who's played with us today, mm -hmm. um, Edward Quinn, um, Luca. I had some my whole Future Classic team, my management team, great people who worked um, on this project with me. But it feels so good to pour your heart, your soul, to tell all your business, child. <laughs> yes. All your business to the world because this – this ain't none of this is fiction. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what I was going through and have people receive it mm -hmm. because that's so affirming for yeah. me. Um, so, so far, it's been beautiful. And I'm I can't think of a better thing to be on Earth than a musician. It's just the shit. Can yes. You, can you say that on here? That's fine. <laughs> it's just amazing <laughs> that I get to do that, that yeah. I get to tell these stories that I get to share my heart and have people receive it. It's, yeah, it's been beautiful. So tell me about the song, not the song title, about the album title, because it's yeah. already so powerful. I think I read that you got Some of Us Are Brave from a book, right? Yeah, it's a collection of black women writers, um, and it's called All of the Women Are White, All of the Blacks Are Men, But Some of Us Are Brave. Mm. And it was really one of the first books to talk about intersectionality. The fact that w black women, being black and being women, we have different experiences that are unique to us. Um, and it was one of the first books that I read that highlighted that. And it was all black women authors. Um, and I fell in love with the title because I just felt seen mm -hmm. um, just in the title alone. And I love the that ending. But some of us are brave. But some of us are brave. It's like it's OK. Y'all could hate us. You could talk down on us. You can whatever. And this is what black women have done historically. We still stand with our heads tall with the longest nails we want, as much jewelry <laughs> as we want. Remember back in the day when yes. we were the only people wearing long nails? Ghetto girls, and I okay? love it. I love it. And we was it. like, and Embrace. whatever. Yes. And tons of jewelry, yes. and we were called ghetto, we were called trashy, but we still didn't care because we had this internal confidence. There's something that is just inherently confident about black women, 
And that title, do what you may, some of us are brave. And I love, I just fell in love with it. So good. That just like resonates with me so deeply. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm interviewing with you so I can be like, girl, remember we was wearing them nails? Worky King. It's great. It's great. No, I, yeah, I grew up in kind of a rough neighborhood and I love seeing black women just out there with their style, just being their unapologetic selves. Even like, it just gives me an inner smile. With our size, right? When I was growing up, black women wore whatever they wanted to, no matter their size. They curvy, they got big booties, they got big boobs, they're doing whatever. Before the, you know, uh, the fat, the body acceptance Positivity movement. movement. Yes, we were just like, this is my body, and I'm wearing this. Yeah, and I, I love that about us so yeah. much. Yeah, we've just continued to be tastemakers, and yeah, it is what it is. You know, people, yes. people thrive off of that, and mm-hmm. it's just nice because it just naturally comes to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so there's a song in particular that's on your album that just really broke my heart but is just so powerful and when you were speaking about it on stage at Globe Hall I could see people around just being like oh this song it just hits Mm. me in the feels only the lonely Mm. can you tell me a little bit about the story of that song yeah I wrote only the lonely when I was in a relationship that was no longer fulfilling to me but I was so afraid to leave it Mm. Uh, I was afraid for many reasons but Um, primarily I did not think I would find anybody else, Mm. you know, and I felt like this is as good as I could get. Right. Um, and so my own insecurities made me stay in the relationship and it took me three years, child, three years to finally say, I got to go. And that song was the beginning when I wrote that song, sitting in the house that I was where, where I was living with my partner, it was like, yeah, I, I sometimes write songs that tell me what to do. <laughs> and that song told me exactly what to do. Um, and I know a lot of people are in that position, as, especially as you get older. Mm-hmm. Child, who want to be out here at 40 going on dating apps? <laughs> and okay. crying. And crying. You know? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. But... We all deserve fulfilling relationships. We deserve, if we're going to give our heart to someone, for it to really be cherished and loved and to feel good about it. Um, and then one thing I know is they keep coming. Yeah. They, I don't know why we think like we'll never this find the anyone. End. When we're history never tells love us again. <laughs> they keep coming. The yes. men keep coming. Yes. The women keep coming. It's an endless pool. Endless <laughs> exactly. pool. Someone will be up next. Yes. And hopefully it'll last. Yeah. And you can always find it later in life. I think mm-hmm. that you have also found a love of music a little yeah. later in life. And yeah. so I think that that speaks volumes to people who think that this might be the end for them. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you can achieve success and achieve love at any stage in life. Absolutely. That's great. I think that's part of my testimony is that it can get greater later. Yeah. Like I didn't think I'd sign a record deal at 39, that I'd be on the radio at 40 years old, or that I'd be, you know, selling out shows in other cities at 40 years old. Um, Touring the world. (laughs) Yeah. I met a woman the other day who was in her 50s and just getting married for the first time and we teach people that life ends after like 30 it's over Mm-mm. and there's so much more ahead of us yeah. and um i'm learning that every day mm-hmm. 
Listen, darling, every word I say, I left you long before today. My sweet darling, don't even try to sway. Love is lost, and I must walk away. I know I've said it once before, but now I feel it more and more. I know I've said it all before, but now I feel it more and more. joy and this has been such a gift to talk to you thank you thank you so much for visiting the studio thank y'all so much for having me yes daniel ponder 
once again, stream Some of Us Are Brave, which is out right now. And also you're on tour with Marcus Mumford through the fall. So if you don't know, go ahead and check out those city dates on danielponder.com. And if you want more indie sessions, make sure to check out indie1023.org. Thanks for hanging out. Bye.